Welcome to this edition of the SNC Critical Insights Podcast. I'm Melissa Sawyer, Global Head of SNC's M&A Group, and I'm here with Frank Aquila, SNC's Senior M&A Partner. We've seen a lot of ups and downs in the M&A markets in the last couple years. Frank and I wanted to share some observations about what we experienced in 2022 and what we're expecting to see in 2023. Frank, let's start by orienting our listeners to the current state of play. M&A volumes were certainly off their peak, but was it as bad as the pundits say? And why have we seen this bit of a slowdown? Thanks, Melissa. While certainly uh, volumes are way down from last year, 2021 was a historic year, and the volumes in 2022 are actually, in comparison to prior years, not that bad. But we entered 2022 with the worst of the COVID pandemic seemingly behind us. The economy was going strong following that record-setting year last year. But then a number of microeconomic factors contributed to a significant slowdown. Starting in the spring of this year, we started to experience soaring inflation, rising interest rates, and a general softening of the global economy. The Fed and other central bankers around the world started aggressive policy changes in an effort to curb inflation. Most significantly, the Fed started increasing the federal funds benchmark five times over the course of 2022, bringing the Fed funds rate from just above zero in March to four and a half percent at the end of the year. At the same time, the market capitalization of the S&P 500 dropped by 20 percent. While economic indicators indicate that inflation may have stabilized, the U.S. economy contracted during the first two quarters of 2022, and rising interest rates have increased the cost of capital for buyers to finance acquisitions. During the third quarter of 2022, global M&A activity experienced one of the slowest quarters since the onset of the pandemic in 2020 affecting almost all segments and industries within the global M&A market. The number of mid-market deals, these are deals that are between a billion and five billion in value, fell by 43% this year alone, quite dramatic. We also can't ignore the impact of geopolitical events, right, Melissa? Yeah, that's right. In addition to the terrible humanitarian consequences, Russia's invasion of Ukraine sent a shockwave through the global markets in 2022. It also teed off a bunch of economic sanctions against Russia's economy and assets. In the months following the invasion, global M&A ground to what could almost be called a standstill. European M&A actually had the biggest impact. I suppose that's not surprising. There were over $150 billion of potential European M&A transactions that were withdrawn in the first month following Russia's invasion. And that invasion continues to have a huge impact on energy markets, as well as, I think, on dealmaker confidence. The other geopolitical event that's having an impact on M&A is the deterioration in U.S.-China relations. There has been a huge decrease in M&A transactions between North America and China. They're at their lowest level in about 10 years right now. 
Frank, speaking of China, we should probably also touch on the regulatory environment for deal making. We've definitely seen an expansion of foreign direct investment regimes over the last couple of years, both in the U.S. and abroad. But I think perhaps even more notable on the regulatory front is the rhetoric coming out of the U.S. antitrust regulators in Washington. Any thoughts on that? It certainly is. In the United States, the Biden administration has made the promotion of competition a key aspect of its economic policy platform. In July 2021, President Biden issued an executive order that encouraged the FTC and the Department of Justice to take a much more aggressive approach to antitrust enforcement, with a particular focus on the labor, agricultural, and healthcare markets, as well as the tech sector. After that executive order was published, the DOJ and the FTC began a review of the vertical and horizontal merger guidelines with an eye towards significantly narrowing the scope of mergers that will escape regulatory review. In January 2022, these agencies launched a public request for information regarding how best to update the merger guidelines in light of these goals. The FDIC soon followed suit, launching an analogous review of the rules that they used to evaluate banking mergers. Even before the new merger guidelines are finalized, both agencies have signaled a much greater willingness than under past administrations to bring litigation against proposed mergers. These deals have included Lockheed Martin's proposed $4.4 billion acquisition of Aerojet Rocketdyne, which Lockheed eventually abandoned in February 2022, NVIDIA's proposed $40 billion acquisition of ARM, another deal that was abandoned in February 2022, United Healthcare's $13 billion acquisition of Change Healthcare which United Healthcare challenged in court and ultimately won and was able to close in September of 2022. And U.S. Sugar's $315 million acquisition of Imperial Sugar, a legal challenge defeated in court in September 2022. Just last month, the U.S. FTC filed suit to block Microsoft's $69 billion acquisition of Activision, although Microsoft appears to be gearing up to fight it in court. As noted, the regulatory agency's success in court has been mixed to date, with judges frequently relying on established precedents to rule in favor of emerging companies. But the DOJ and FTC do not need to rely on judicial rulings to enact the Biden administration's agenda. More stringent approval processes for major M&A transactions a greater willingness to bring litigation against the transacting parties, and more aggressive agency positions in settlement negotiations have significantly raised regulatory costs, such that some companies simply decide to abandon prospective M&A transactions that could face intense regulatory scrutiny. Melissa, this discussion of regulatory developments reminds me that we should touch on some of the SEC's rulemaking around SPACs. We can't talk about 2022 without touching on SPACs. Do you think we'll see more SPACs in 2023, or is that phenomenon really dead? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't want to sound overly dramatic, but I think SPACs are dead as a doornail for the time being. And I don't think we can blame that entirely on the regulatory environment or SEC rulemaking. For sure, the SEC's actions in the spring of 2022, when they mandated disclosures for SPACs that are more comparable to what you see in IPOs, and they said that banks that facilitate SPAC transactions can have underwriter liability, for sure that put a damper on the enthusiasm for SPACs. We also saw a little bit of litigation around DSPAC deals, and that made those deals a little bit riskier for the sponsors. But at the end of the day, I think we can really blame the demise of the SPACs on good old-fashioned investment 101 economics. SPACs just weren't producing attractive returns for average investors. They seem to be great for the sponsors, but they weren't a great place for asset managers to park cash, especially in a rising interest rate environment like we've had in the last year Unfortunately, it looks like some crypto M&A may be going the way of the SPAC, and that's an, a topic that we'll just have to keep an eye on for the future. I guess on that note, Frank, before we wrap up, I'd be interested to hear your predictions about what we're going to see in 2023. Are the headwinds that we've been talking about just going to continue, or is there a light at the end of the tunnel? I'm actually more optimistic now than I was through most of 2022. I think we're definitely going to start to see some green shoots coming up this quarter. For one thing, the financing markets are not as frozen as they were just a few months ago. For example, in December, Amgen was able to put together a $28.5 billion certain funds financing that was required by the Irish Takeover Code in order to make a bid to acquire Horizon Therapeutics. That's a clear sign, at least to me, that liquidity has returned to the acquisition finance markets. Secondly, the dollar is very strong right now, and U.S. buyers may see opportunities to scoop up assets in places like Europe. Third, activists in the U.S. and elsewhere are going to push for more M&A activity. Fourth, the two biggest antitrust bills in more than 50 years that many had expected to pass died when they were not included in the bipartisan congressional spending bill that was passed at the end of the year. Fifth, a lot of potential target companies have reset their projections and expectations to more reasonable levels. And as I mentioned, the S&P 500 was down 20% in 2022, which makes it possible that a buyer can come in with an attractive offer now. So I'm very optimistic about where we're going to be in 2023. Great. Well, that's good to hear. And thanks for those predictions, Frank. And thank you for listening to SNC Critical Insights. For more detail on SNC's M&A practice, please check out our website, www.sulcrom.com. Mm-hmm.